0: are locked on texans your
1: daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network
0: your team every day welcome back better red nation to another installment of locked on texans your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day and as always i'm your host cody davis along with my partner in crown
1: your boy john some sports guy hickman here to talk about the houston Texans on a miraculous tuesday where there is a lot going on for this franchise finally right and with that coming to this point there's a lot of things that we can discuss right cody you know in 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 our pre-discussion you brought up jamal right and we're going to talk about him today and the idea of Jamal Adams in the red, white, and blue that for so long, Cody, I'm on record for saying this, it's just too much. We didn't have any enough, we didn't have enough form. So that's the area that I would like to give my two cent on. But first, the Houston Texans did claim Albert Huggins off of Waivers defensive tackle, Albert Huggins, which was uh, originally reported by Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle. Love Aaron Wilson, by the way. The Eagles waived Huggins over the weekend. The Texans actually originally signed Huggins as an undrafted free agent in 2019. He spent some time with the big brother in New England, the Patriots, and the Eagles last season. Huggins played four games for the Eagles, seeing action on 44 defensive snaps, nine on special teams. He only made three tackles, but he's coming in. Uh, He's going to be another big body that we could use, along with Ross Blacklock, the rookie, along with Carlos Watkins who's still on the, you know, on the, uh, on the roster along with uh, all of the big guys up front that we have, he will be another big body that is going to fight for, um, a position, right. And, you know, hopefully we'll see what he's able to bring. Also the Texans released five players as training camp got started on Monday. They released quarterback, Nick Taino center, Elix Woodworth. Uh, safety Shalom Luini, Luini rather, I'm sorry. Defensive end Ira Savage Lewis and long snapper Anthony uh, Kukwa. They are making these moves. You know that the the roster the, the 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 roster size went down from ninety to eighty of available players that you can have. Well, the Texans went ahead and was able to knock that out and nip it in the bud early on before things really really got kicked off. So they released those five players. And lastly, this is all your Texans news, of course, guys. Larry Tunsil ranked 66 on the NFL's top 100 list, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Considering Larry Tunsil was brought in last season with no offseason and tremendously improved that offensive—I'm sorry, improved that offensive line tremendously. Helped Deshaun Watson stay upright. He came in at 66. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett came in at 65. Safety Harrison Smith came in at 64. Linebacker Preston Smith came in at 63 Jarvis Landry 61 and I I think the disrespect continues there's no way I'm putting Jarvis Landry who did not help his team make the playoffs who had a very disappointing year as a team did not have a better year than Landry Tunsil last year and um, we, we, we just see how they continuously feel unless you're J.J. Watt of course continuously feel about Houston Texan players
0: it's kind of hard to compare and rank an offensive lineman of his caliber over a guy like Jarvis Landry of his caliber because I mean when he is in the right mindset and he's not dealing with that foolishness with his quarterback which by the way I am interested to see will they rank Baker Mayfield ahead of Deshaun Watson like they did last year but that's neither here or there because I highly doubt that will happen this year but at the end of the day I mean Jarvis Landry is still a what second tier wide receiver in this league and I'm pretty sure that he's going to be that he's going to have a a great season as for Laramie Tunsil I personally think 66 is is a fairly good ranking for him because at the end of the day, you have to remember the number of penalties that this guy had last year was possibly the only stain against him.
1: Yeah, but uh, like I said, I also consider the fact that he did not have an offseason. He did still help reduce the amount of sacks from the previous year for Houston. What, about 20 or so more sacks? And I think what he brings to Houston is a lot more than what Jarvis Landry brings to Cleveland, at least if we're going based off last year. But this is also, you know, this is also what different people may feel. They ask the players, the players rank them, and, and maybe they just have a little bit more respect or hold Jarvis Landry in a higher regard than Larry Jackson. And if so, hey, that, so be it. But as a office of tackle, you know, I, I think he did such a tremendous job on the fly with helping this team. I think that really needs to be looked at. Look at what he did for this organization with no real time to get acclimated to a new environment. And then went out there and got his $20 million a year contract. So, uh, but ultimately, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he doesn't care about being number 66 because right now he is the number one left tackle getting paid in the league so hey I can't wait to discuss a couple things number one Jamal Adams Cody you you, hey you want to talk about it the listeners may want to hear about it I can't wait to discuss that because I have my theory on it a little bit and what Patrick Mahomes deal really will mean for Deshaun Watson moving forward in a reduced salary cap market
0: Everybody know by now that Jamal Adams, the, the trade saga su- surrounding Jamal Adams is officially over. Over this past weekend, the Jets sent Jamal Adams in a 2022 fourth-round pick to the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for a 2021 and 2022 first-round pick, a 2021 third-round pick, and safety Bradley McDougal. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up because, John, I'm actually disappointed. I'm actually disappointed and ever since the news broke that Adams wanted out of New York and he gave his list of teams that he wanted to play for and just like Seattle Houston was on that list along with Dallas and I think Baltimore and Kansas City and a couple other teams my biggest reason why I did not want to see the Texans do I mean let let me just say this I wanted to see the Texans go for it I mean hell it's Jamal Adams I mean he is quickly becoming one of if not the best defensive back in this league already he only has been in this league for only three years and you know we got excited but at the end of the day we had to come to our senses and say okay well this is what the Texans have and knowing the talent that Adams is developing into, they, they they might not have enough in order to complete a trade. So we really didn't want to focus too much on it. But John, when I take a look at the deal that the Jets actually agreed upon, it makes me wonder, did the Texans miss an opportunity to upgrade their defense and take in, to, to to trade for one of the best defensive backs in this league? You know, I had our guy Michael, our guy Michael over at Believe in the Jets. You know, he was with us over when we were still, um, you can argue that sports. You know, he's out there in New York. He got inside sources. And he told me one of the biggest things that the Jets wanted in a trade was an offensive player. And, you know, when I asked him, I said, well, well, what would you like to see? I mean, yes, we know picks are going to be in it, but if you can build a trade package between the Texans and Adams, what would you want? He He told me, he said, you know, they will probably want Will Fuller or Kenny Steals, Justin Reed for sure, and a couple draft picks. And I was like, okay, uh, that that may or may not be too steep, but John, the the Seahawks didn't didn't even give no kind of offensive weapons. They they just gave draft picks and, and Bradley. I feel like the Texans missed this opportunity, man. I'm sorry.
1: There was no opportunity missed because there was never a real opportunity. Let's get that out of the way. You
0: you, you can't say There's that never because look what there they agreed never, upon.
1: They yeah, they agreed upon sending. Like let's let's look at this trade. Let's look at this trade that the Texans never had a chance of pulling off because of the Jets, I believe, fleeced Seattle. Fleeced Seattle. That's how that's how crazy. That really trade was won to this me. won this deal. I absolutely believe the Jets won this deal. Now, uh, granted, I, uh, when we look at wins and losses, here's what we need to look at: is the team in the win-now mode, right? And here's what I tweeted the other day when the when the deal went down, because a lot of Texans fans were shout, shout out to Big Sarge, but a lot of Texans fans were, you know, kind of like, well. Where was this same energy when the Texans traded all of that for Laramie Tunsil? The media is going wild for Jamal Adams going to Seattle. When Seattle gave up, I think, same amount, if not a lot more, right? Seattle, in exchange for Jamal Adams, Seattle sent Bradley McDowell, safety, who's pretty decent, by the way first-rounder in 2021, a third-rounder in 2021, a first-rounder in 2022. Let me tell you guys something. First and foremost, before I move forward, you know why Texans fans should not be worried, should not be pissed off at the media? Naomi Tonson came to Houston and immediately fixed a problem that Houston had, offensive line. Jamal Adams was just sent over to Seattle. Seattle sent a lot back. And they still have not fixed their biggest problem, offensive line. So we have nothing to worry about. We shouldn't be mad at the media for praising them for what they did. Houston fans in general, Astros, Rockets, Dynamo, Sabercats, doesn't matter. Texans, we have to understand the media does not like us. We're not a favorite. We have to go, what I like to call, get it out the mud. Don't worry about what the flashy news people think gives a damn. But back to your original question, did the Texans miss an opportunity? No, they didn't. The whole idea or thought of getting Jamal Adams, in reality, based upon what we thought would be a possibility, was getting Antonio Brown. We get him, then we have other pieces to package along with players. But when I look at this trade, it doesn't look like the Jets were really big on players. They wanted picks back. They wanted the opportunity to build through the draft. Also, here's what's very smart. We know that the salary cap is going down next year. Now they have those picks to build through the draft. You can go out, get you a stud player. You're gonna have if if everything stays the same right now, you're gonna have two first-round picks. You're gonna be able to build cheap. The Texans did not miss out because we would have traded for Jamal Adams and is Jamal Adams our biggest weak spot? At safety? Is, is safety our biggest weakness? No. No, it is not. And he's a phenomenal player and I thoroughly believe if you have an opportunity to get phenomenal players like Jamal Adams, you do it. But the Texans had no real chance. You yeah, were going to package a deal with Will Fuller and throw in Kenny. St- no, none of that. If Antonio Brown did not come in, none of that was going to happen. And realistically, Antonio Brown was never going to get brought in. We didn't miss out because we did not have the shot. The ball was never passed our way. It was never – we never was looked the way to shoot the shot. It's okay. We know we have on the roster. I will say I would like to see Jalil Die come back here in Houston. I thought he was a very versatile safety that could play both safeties and do a very good job covering the tight ends, blitz pretty well. I would like to see him be to be brought back. Because of everything he can do. But well, we're okay. We we are okay. That's not a pressing issue. You know what a pressing issues is? Jadavion Clowney is still available. Now, I know he won't come back, but pressure on the quarterback. Pressure in the run game. Making sure that Ross Blacklock could be a very good replacement for DJ Reader. Making sure that our second-year uh, linemen like Max Sharpen and Titus Howard improve. Making sure second-year cornerback Lonnie Johnson improve. Those are the more pressing issues. Not worried about Jamal Adams. Guys, before we leave today, there's been a lot of talk about, still talk of the mega deal Patrick Mahomes signed. What was it, two weeks ago now? Was it last week, two weeks ago? In everybody's recent memory, of course, there's a lot of talk of what Patrick Mahomes had signed for, the 10-year, $500 contract, and that eventually will affect Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson had a quote, and I wanted to read it to you guys and give my two cents before we move on. Mahomes feels like that organization and himself can win a lot of championships, especially being with Andy Reid and and things like that. He feels like that's his home where he wants to be for a long period of time. He has a solid background where he can trust and know. And I know a lot of things change in the NFL all the time, but I know this is going to be the core of this organization solid. My situation, and I don't want to say things too crazy, is different from his. Signing a deal for 10 years, you know, I have to speak with my agent on sit down and think, what do I want in my career? Where I want to be for a long period of time. I love Houston. I love the organization. I love the teammates and all the players, but all that stuff is always changing. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I have been talking to my agent about it each day, trying to get exactly what we want and make sure it's the best deal because things change so much. So you've got to get everything you can out of that first contract. That's words from Deshaun Watson directly. He mentioned change a lot. He mentioned what works for one guy may not work for me per se. And, you know, he did speak upon him wanting a three-year deal. That was but Patrick Mahomes signed a seven-year contract extension I can definitely see Deshaun Watson getting five years. Uh, Very interested to see how the Texans is going to work that out moving forward. But what Mahomes did was really just shake up the entire league. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, everybody's going to be affected by it because things change so much. But it looks like, it seems like, Patrick Mahomes has this uncanny power to kind of hold off change for a little bit. And other players around the league, especially a quarterback position, they're going to look at him and say, "Are you only staying because your organization put you in a position to win MVP your first four years starting and a Super Bowl the next?" Lamar Jackson won MVP, but they didn't win playoff games two years in a row. We know the issues that Deshaun Watson has here in Houston. We know about Dak Prescott and the lack of trust his front office his front office has with him. Not that anybody is jealous, but things will change. Taking the three-year may get boosted up to five. Exploring your options may change now because you want to get that mega deal at home when I speak about a Dak Prescott. Who knows? I thought you guys just really needed to hear where Deshaun Watson stands on the Patrick Mahomes contract. Hear what he said and kind of figure out for your own self what that means for you as Texans fans. Are you going to get ready to to root for other teams? Because honestly, if Watson leaves, Joe Blow can't save this team. Nobody's going to be able to save this team, and it's not going to be fun to watch anymore. So very interesting thoughts and comments made by your star quarterback, Deshaun
0: Watson. You know, when I sit there and watch um, Deshaun Watson talk to Michael Vick on Vick's podcast, you know, my original stance was... Deshaun Watson possibly wanting to take a three-year deal to because he know that this team, just like all the other 31 teams around the league, is going to be affected by this COVID-19 pandemic and the financial loss. But, John, when I sit there and listen to Watson talk, especially the amount of times, how many times he brought the word change, I'm starting to think that three-year contract extension that he's interested in is going to be a... A big test for the Texans. He's going to put the Texans in a position. I'm giving you three years to build something special around me. And if we are still going into the playoffs as a wild card, still not making it at least to the divisional round, I'm sitting. There, I'm looking at all of my contemporaries like Mahomes. And, and ladies and gentlemen, can we please stop comparing Mahomes? Watson and Jackson and and even Prescott can we please stop comparing him to Mahomes because at the end of the day Mahomes is in possibly the best position for a quarterback of his caliber he has one of the best offensive minded coach he has a bunch and I mean a bunch of weapons on offensive end the defense is good he's already won MVP he already has won a Super Bowl and that, that team can possibly be the next NFL dynasty. Unlike what we see in Baltimore, unlike what we have here in Houston. And I don't know what the hell they got going on in Dallas. I mean, <laughs> they just a joke. They've been a joke ever since their little dynasty ended. But at the end of the day, me outside of Prescott, if you put Jackson and Watson in that same situation in, in Kansas city, I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. But at the end of the day, I saw all that just to say, if Watson is looking around, Okay, we we see Mahomes winning, but if Jackson and for sure Prescott start passing him up, I can see Watson time in Houston. It's, it's, It's going to start winding down sooner rather than later. And look, I love Watson, but I believe that he is still hurt by the fact that you gave up one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league in Hopkins. And, you know, the pieces that they got back, I mean, yes, we talked about it. It's talented, but at the end of the day, they got to go out there and prove themselves. And if we go another, what, 10 and and 6, you know, 9 and 7, or whatever the case might be over the next three to four years, yeah, I, I, I don't know, John. That doesn't sound like a player who is willing to, Sign away the rest of his prom years for a franchise that's not willing to put him in a position to win.
1: We'll see. The thing about these type of quotes is you the the players throw it up in air, right? They say their quotes, and that's how they feel. But there's so much left to interpret that in down the line, if something happens with Deshaun Watson, you can come back to this quote and say, see, this is why he left. But if he stays, you can also say, well, see, this is why he stayed. It's just you never really know what these players because ultimately, and I'm proud of him, I'm happy for him. They are doing what's best for them. That change word showed up a couple times. And I, when I when I hear him talk about Patrick Mahomes and when I read that quote, it just sounds like he knows Patrick Mahomes has way more faith in his organization than what he here in Houston have in his organization. When I say organization, I mean the front office to get things done correctly. But very interesting to hear, read, and uh discuss. So we would love to hear you guys' thoughts on what Deshaun Watson says in that quote. We even post it on our Twitter page so you can read it, get your own interpretation, and then tweet us back. Make sure you tweet us back at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Comment there as well, Locked On Texans as well. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter with two Y's at the end of some sports guy. Come on now, I'm a fun follow.
0: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>